Hello and welcome to Real Speak Real English with Andrew. English in context. If you've got an intermediate to advanced level of English, you will benefit from this podcast totally in English. You're going to learn idiomatic expressions, phrasal verbs, grammar, and vocabulary, all completely in context with Andrew, the most patient English teacher on the internet. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of English in Context with Andrew. Um, this episode is called A Subject Close to My Heart. So, without further ado, without further delay, without waiting anymore, without procrastinating, let's begin. So, a subject close to my heart. Education. A subject which I love. It's close to my heart. It's something we've all been through. It's something we may have loved or loathed, hated. It's something which brings this community together. And from a young age, we're encouraged to achieve, to fly high in education. As they say, it will make your adult life better. But some people are just not academic. They find school difficult. In the UK, when people reach 16, they can leave education or they can continue on to further education and on to higher education, college and university. There's also an option to follow a vocational course. So these courses can help you to learn a trade. These are based on an occupation or perhaps a profession or a vocation. These are courses which range from the traditional skills of building, for example, such as courses for electricians, plumbers, carpenters and bricklayers. There are also vocational courses for the retail sector, travel and tourism, the hospitality sector, floristry, hair and beauty, accountancy, business management, you name a profession or vocation and there's probably a further education course to prepare people to work in that industry. And these are non-academic courses. Um, so, my experience, when I went to university, I couldn't get or I wasn't eligible for a scholarship. There were um, no government or business would pay for or fund my education. However, that didn't matter, as university was free in those days. There were no tuition fees. I went there and studied French and linguistics, and it was free. Well, I worked to get money to live on, and my parents sent me money too. But this was before everybody sort of had the right to go to university, and before education became a business. It was still difficult still challenging to access higher education. I did not have to take entrance exams, exams which you have to take to prepare for a specific university. I had to make an effort in college and take preparatory practice exams called mock exams. There was also coursework to do. The coursework may have been activities and tasks which were assessed by the teachers. During this process, I could apply to universities and they would give me a conditional place. They would not make a promise. 
I did my homework, I did my coursework, I made a real effort and I made good progress. I endured test after test. The college then gave me my predicted grades. They told me the results I could expect to get after taking the final exams. This was how the universities made me provisional offers, conditional places. But it wasn't all about studying. We used to have some fun, waste some time in cars, walking around town, not misbehaving, but not spending time productively, mucking about. I certainly wasn't the worst behaved student in college. The naughtiest students who missed lectures, well, they just didn't turn up. Well, they were eventually told to leave. They were expelled. That seemed quite harsh, but then the college was quite strict. I always handed in my coursework and homework on time. I didn't want to fall behind. Meeting deadlines seemed easier than being in the position of having to, to catch up, to be constantly behind. I don't like that. I thought I should just get on with it. I saw no point in putting it off. If work was due, I would do it when it was needed. As far as school is concerned, I went to a normal secondary school. Now in the US they call this a high school. Here it's a secondary school. I went to a normal comprehensive school. That's to say a state run or government run school. There are other options in the UK. You can attend a public school which is actually a privately owned school and you have to pay to attend these. There are also boarding schools which are again privately owned you have to pay but boarding means you also live there in term time. In boarding schools pupils have all their meals provided and sleep in dormitories much like in Harry Potter. People can also be home educated in the UK however it's not very common. In public schools and boarding schools, the curriculum is often different to comprehensive schools. The curriculum, well, this is the subjects that they offer. For example, these schools often have Latin or Greek, um, for example, whereas comprehensive schools tend not to offer classical languages. The actual syllabus tends to be the same. All of these different types of schools use the same exams when pupils reach 16 years of age. For this reason, the syllabus is the same. The syllabus refers to the content of each subject. Now, the facilities in public and boarding schools are often far better than those of comprehensive schools. This is because, in general, it's very expensive to attend these types of schools. Another difference is that comprehensive schools are mixed-sex schools so that both boys and girls can attend. Quite often, public and boarding schools are single-sex schools so only cater for boys or girls. One common theme in all secondary education is that pupils must wear a uniform. This normally consists of a shirt and trousers for the boys a blouse and a skirt for the girls. Both genders must also wear smart, smart shoes and a tie. Some schools require pupils to wear a blazer too. Now, this is a form of smart jacket. 
The ties are normally in the school colours, and if you wear a jumper in winter, it's in the official colour of the school. Blazers normally have the school logo or badge on the top left side of the chest. There's also a uniform for PE. Um, this is referred to as a PE kit, and generally this is in the secondary school colours too. It can be quite formal, uh, with strict dress codes and strict enforcement. Even down to details like an acceptable haircut, minimal makeup for girls and no jewellery. One activity, which has always been reasonably popular, is to play truant. This is when you don't arrive at school, you don't go to school, you skip school and you have no permission from either your parents or the teaching staff to be absent. You simply don't turn up and do something else with your day. Personally, I never played truant, but for those who did, there were varying degrees of punishment. You, for example, might have trouble with your parents, they might tell you off, the school might keep you back and not let you go home at the end of the day, this is called detention, in detention you would be given additional work to do for an hour or so and it would be done in absolute silence. So people tell me. Anyway, discipline's different in each school. Some are more strict than others. So the principal or main way to identify truancy was when the register was taken at the start of each day. All pupils would go into a registration class and the teacher would read out all the names on the register. If you didn't answer, because you weren't present, you'd be marked absent. Upon your return to school, you'd be given a letter to take home to your parents to explain your absence. Alternatively, the school would call your parents and ask them to come in. You could only be absent if you had a note explaining why you were not present from your parents. If you were unwell or ill, your parents would phone the school to explain that you would not be in. When you returned, you had to hand in a letter from your parents explaining the absence, a sick note. So, times have changed. We may, well, we might have different ways of educating. Some pupils now come into school, but then do some of their classes at home over the internet. This is called blended learning. However, most of what I've spoken about here is still pretty much the same today. The internet has liberated learning, but educational establishments by and large have not really adapted their curriculum or their subject syllabus. But that's a topic for another discussion. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you did, please remember to leave some reviews or some stars below. Also, you can hop over to realspeak.uk, which is our website where you'll find links to videos, um, other podcasts, and if you feel like it, you can also leave us a kind donation. Anyway, that's it for today. I'll speak to you and you'll hear from me next time. Until then, take care. Goodbye. And thank you for listening to the end of this episode. As always, if you'd like to find the transcriptions, please visit our website, www.realspeak.uk, or in the bottom of the podcast here, you can find the transcription too. 
and thank you for listening. Take care. See you next time.